For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Lines, well, Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, restrictions have been lifted. Time for you to get your ass down to the dairy block. Sit outside, because the dairy block is freaking gorgeous. Okay, like I said, I've been there a couple times. Uh, for lunches, I've been sitting outside, uh, had a couple meetings out there with vaccinated people, and it's been, it's just been, it's gorgeous, and I love it, and it's great atmosphere, and it's great for actually doing business. Um, I think you'll enjoy it too. Um, they are, got that 2017 Cabernet. Uh, I keep saying that, go get it. Got myself a bottle myself, and I have it at home. I've been drinking that, I've been, I drink one glass of wine. Um, a night while I sit outside and reading a book. I mean, uh, I have become my mother. But anyway, uh, there is there's more than that. There's Pinot, there's whites, there's reds, there's blends. You know, basically all you need to know. You've heard me read about these guys for uh, you know two years now. Actually, two years this month. So, look, go to Blanchard Family Wines or go to bfwdenver.com. See what they got. Right. It's like it's got all their bottled wines there. Uh, go inside, and then the menus they got a lot more because they got partnerships with Western Slope wineries like Coltaris, Storm Cellars, Restoration, um, that are going to give you uh, even more varieties of wine. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, go to bfwdenver.com, check out what they got. They also got a bunch of accessories that you can check out. Trust me. It's all really, really cool stuff. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast has sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, all right. I'm recording this one outside, but I got no, I got no questions. I mean, sorry I'm breaking the tradition here, but, um, I, uh, but you get to hear the birds, right? There's a lot of birds. I, this part of Thornton I live in um, is actually, I'm not far away from the arsenal, the Rocky Mountain Arsenal, and we got every manner of bird that, that comes here. And I got a field, I mean, if those of you have seen pictures, uh, there, there's a field behind me, and it is, uh, uh, you know, as close as you can get to rural without being only like 10 minutes from downtown Denver. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, that's why you hear all the wildlife. Um, but, Aside from the wildlife, let's talk about your Denver Nuggets, who just went victorious 4-2 in their series over the Portland Trailblazers. And what have I been telling you this whole time? What have I been telling you this whole time? The Nuggets are the better team. And what was interesting to me, and, and and I think this is part of one of the reasons I love the way this Nuggets team has evolved, is that there, there was definitely the realization from this Nuggets team that they were the better team in the third quarter. The run they went on from when being down about 14 to the end of the 
uh, third quarter when they were down three was uh, tremendous. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I have seen a lot of runs in my time, my 30 years or so watching the Denver Nuggets. I've never seen anything like that. That was a superb example of, of a great, great run. And it was a run that choked the life out of the Portland Chair Trailblazers. And there was a lot of elements that needed to come together for this Nuggets team in order for them to win this game. Because closeout games are tough. Um, one of the hardest things you can do in sports is closeout games. That includes games, any, any game where you're up, because the team's going to fight for their life. And uh, that's what the Nuggets have been doing. The shoe has been on the other foot, like, the last couple of years. Um, Nuggets have faced elimination in the previous two years, and they've clawed their way back. The evolution of this Nuggets team is to learn to be a frontrunner. And one of the most valuable things in the world you can do, uh, particular, I call it the Tiger Woods thing. Uh, Tiger, um, with that one, only outside of a handful of moments, was always a front runner, and he tended to never win tournaments when he was behind. And I believe that changed when he came from behind. I believe in two thousand nine, um, was it the Masters of the U.S. Open? Um, but one of those, that, that kind of changed right there, and then he's won a couple tournaments when he's come from behind. But generally, Tiger always led from the beginning and kind of had the killer instinct to close out. There's both sides of the same coin there. And the Nuggets needed to learn that you can don't need your back against the wall to win a series. You need to have that, what is described as a killer instinct. And having that killer instinct is an integral part of being a championship team. And the Nuggets are right now are learning how to be a championship team, even with down Jamal Murray and Will Barton and uh, uh, P.J. Dozier and having to start guys like Faku Campasso, and, uh, who's, by the way, played well. Um, uh, but, you know, look, if the Nuggets had their druthers, it wouldn't be Faku in starting lineup. It would be uh, Jamal Murray. So, obviously, that goes without saying. Uh, but all these guys have had stepped up really well. And there's a, a, a rich stew that goes into this. There's a lot of elements that come together that give you the um, what you produced last night. And I'm going to kind of go through this step by step in this extra long solo podcast, okay? Um, first off, first off, I'm going to talk about the first quarter, and the importance of Michael Porter Jr.'s 22 points in the first quarter. Um, when I talk about having the killer instinct, um, there is a part of it is weathering the storm. And one of the most important things that happened last night is Michael Porter Jr. being so hot and hitting those 22 points. I think the Nuggets were down by like six points heading into the second quarter, something like that. Um, but one of the most important things that happened was your Denver Nuggets team, um, and particularly Michael Porter Jr., understanding he was hot, and going hitting six three-pointers in the first quarter and ending with two, 22 points was completely invaluable. Uh, let me just be blunt. This Denver Nuggets team would not have won if Michael Porter Jr. did not have 22 points in the first quarter. The Blazers team was gunning for them. They were hot shooting. Um, it was, it was actually, actually, 
in any other circumstance, if MPJ is not hot fire in that game, in that first quarter, Nuggets, Nuggets don't win, period. It's just not it. Because they would have been down by not only double digits, high double digits. You're talking close to 20 points down. Because the rest of the team wasn't exactly shooting very well. Um, obviously, they identified that Mike was the hot player, and the hot player gets the uh, gets the you know the the was able to you, you know you 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 identify who the hot player is, particularly someone who is like when he started the game was hitting every freaking shot. Um, I, we'll look at it this way: the Nuggets, when they weren't given the ball to. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., I believe at, at, at one point it was Michael uh, and like t- two points from Austin Rivers and there was like another uh, like three points from maybe Faku. I don't know, one of those. But it was, I mean, Jokic didn't even score until late in that first quarter. And... It was the Michael Porter Jr. show, and they needed every single one of those 22 points. And him hitting six three-pointers, which was actually it was an NBA record, uh, and then it was tied by Devin Booker uh, in the night side of the game, of the late game. Um, they needed every one of those. Um, every one of those points was completely vital to the Nuggets. And thank God for Mike, because I'll be honest with you, as I said before, Nuggets don't win if Mike doesn't have that because the Nuggets would have been down by close to 20 points. And at that point, that Blazers team is just going to keep gunning. And they're going to they're going to make it their make it their goal to crush the Nuggets at that point. And then the Nuggets maybe at that point check out and say, you know what, we got a game seven. Back at home. And which would have led to a scenario repeating like itself like you've seen so many years and even going back to 2019 when the Nuggets had an opportunity to close out the Blazers in Portland in 2019 didn't do it so important to, to just kind of think of this folks Mike kept the Nuggets in it at a time when they could have really let go of the rope and that was absolutely absolutely vital and it was great to see because, you know, the, even though Mike only finished with 26 points, so he scored four points afterwards, he also had four assists, uh, eight rebounds, seven, eight rebounds. And, um, and there was a decision he made later in the game that I think was vitally important. But we'll get to that in the last segment. Um, it was, I think, I think, a moment of maturity for Mike that uh, uh, I think all Nuggets fans were welcome to see. Now, uh, okay, let's go to, I'm sorry, I'm a little scattered there. All right, let's go to um, a break. And after the break, we're going gonna to read about DraftKings and get into the second element of this game and the reason the Nuggets won. Now it's time to talk about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, right now uh, is a good time to get in on all the action. Uh, this, uh, this Nuggets team is, uh, you know, go in and bet on this Nuggets team because I, I don't bet. I don't, I don't, as many of you know, I don't gamble, um, but I do uh, support safe 
secure gambling. And yet DraftKings is definitely that. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways you can get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Actually, this is true. I do have a friend who uh, really loves DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, And uh, actually, my co-host on the uh, uh, CSG Politics pod, uh, Pat, he really likes uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. So uh, definitely, definitely follow his lead and go do it. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free site credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Wager paid out and site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, um, second element of this game was the play of Monte Morris. And Monte is, and I'm going to kind of combine he and Jokic in this. Now, Jokic had the game of the of 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 the night. Uh, he had what I would describe as his uh, "I'm going to take over and win this game" moment, uh, and that occurred in the third quarter. But none of that would have been possible if Monte Morris hadn't been his pick and roll partner. Um, and kind of going hand in hand here is that the Nuggets were down by uh, seven, was it seven, eight points going into halftime. And the Blazers mounted a uh, about 15, 14, 15 point lead. I think it was 14. And it, uh, 15. And it looked like the Nuggets were just like ready to go back to Denver and play a game seven. Um, the interesting thing about it was Monte Morris came in and gave Nikola Jokic an, a pick-and-roll possibility. Now, he doesn't really have with Faku Kampasa. Kampasa's not that way. He doesn't play the Hezi game like uh, Monte Morris does. Uh, Monte Morris uh, is the guy who, and, and, and quite frankly, he's going to look to score more than Faku. Faku's good at setting the table. Um, and Faku at about 20 minutes a game is probably perfect, particularly in the playoffs. But Monte Morris has to come in and he has to close. And one of the things that Monte provided was that, like I said, the Hezzy game, which really, really unlocked Jokic's dominance. And these two things went hand in hand. We tend to over, um, overanalyze the decisions made by Nikola Jokic. When, when he just is very good at understanding a, the flow of a game and when he needs to step up, right? And, and that is like 99% of the battle with, with these things. But another thing that, you know, since, uh, since uh, 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 Jamal Murray went down, one of the big issues has been uh, Nikola hasn't had his 
partner. He hasn't had his pick-and-roll partner, which is part of the NBA game. Pick-and-roll is just basically your bread and butter. And the Nuggets haven't had their bread and butter. Michael Porter Jr. is not a, 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 not a pick-and-roll guy. He's a uh, post-up uh, on mismatches and uh, dribble handoff guy. Uh, so they've been missing that element of the offense. Well, lo and behold, Monty Morris comes in and allows Nikola Jokic to exploit other parts of uh, Portland's pick-and-roll defense. And what you saw in the third quarter was Monty Morris and uh, uh, Nikola Jokic completely break Portland's brains. And it was interesting to watch because Portland just seemed to like be like, weren't even though they saw this in game uh, five, by the way, um, for some reason they just couldn't compute, and Yusuf Nurkic was reduced to a pile of jelly in that third quarter. And it was interesting to watch because as the as the as the end of this uh, third quarter happened, it was basically Monte and a bunch of Monte and a bunch of. Uh, 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 bench guys and Michael Porter Jr. And, and Porter uh, didn't need to score in this scenario. And a lot of times a guy like Porter is out there because he's the threat of him is enough to space the floor. So Monte was able to get a bunch of floater points. He was able to capitalize on the uh, Blazers' defense, which, by the way, sucked. Um, <laughs> this... Blazers team is this the the Suns team the Nuggets are going to be facing is a lot better defensively than this Portland Trail Blazers team. It's going to be an adjustment for the Nuggets. So I'm going to throw that out there, but we'll talk about that later. Um, this this Monte came in and just kind of said, "I am going to take control by doing just basic pick and roll," and for some reason that really really bothered the Blazers. Jokic then. Like at the start of the quarter, like he scored 20 in the third quarter, folks. And then when, by the time he came out, the conditions were set for the Nuggets to win. Because Jokic understood, all right, now's the time. And it, it doesn't take a great amount of intelligence to recognize when a team is teetering. But it does take feel. And I think that is something that we underestimate in just when we analyze basketball. We tend to over uh, over credit things like basic basketball IQ, and we undercredit things like just having feel. And having feel is really hard to quantify. Um, and that is, I think, more than anything else. And I said this all the way back in 2015. Nikola has an innate feel of the game. And having that feel is 100% uh, conducive to dominant basketball. Very few NBA players have the appropriate feel of the game. And Jokic does. And he came in, understood where it was in, in the third quarter, and was like, All right, I, could, I could do my thing. Cooked Nurkic, which I once again we have... Uh, we have over, over, over emphasized Nurkic's uh, abilities. He was great in game one and great in game four. Um, and outside of that, Jokic kept fouling him out and dominating him like, you know, he does. And 
having that combo of of Monte Morris running that pick and roll and uh you know Jokic coming in and being able to be the the kind of the the, the maestro was invaluable absolutely invaluable and it really was the set the table for what happened in the fourth quarter which was a series of great plays by Nikola Jokic and a decision by a certain player who has been underestimated in Denver that really set the table for the rest of that game. I'll get to that right after the break. All right. Now that we've kind of set the table, the fourth quarter was pivotal because the Nuggets obviously, you know, they were down by three going into the fourth quarter. Monte Morris hit that, uh, uh, hit that three, that, that running three, which, by the way, Nuggets, Nuggets really, I don't think they needed, quote-unquote, quote that, but it really set the stage for the fourth quarter. And really, the back-and-forthness, if that's a word, of the fourth quarter um, was an indication that Portland was teetering. And you really get the feeling that the issue the Portland Trailblazers had was that they kind of, and I've pointed this out before, they kind of knew the Nuggets had basically broken them. And they were going to have to rely on some Big time shot making from Dame Willard and CJ McCall. Uh, they were getting in the uh, third quarter, midway through, when they were up 15, they were um, getting big time shots from Robert Covington, who's not really going to be your most reliable shooter. Uh, and this was definitely part of that. I mean, Dame, I think, shot three for 10 on threes. Uh, which is not necessarily something that he is going to do every game. So, Nuggets went back and forth. Got big-time shots from Austin Rivers, from Aaron Gordon. Huge shot from Aaron Gordon at the end. Um, Michael Malone took uh, Michael Porter Jr. out with about, I think, about five and a half, six minutes left in the game. And it was his usual rest. He wasn't going to, if, if you've seen the patterns in the playoffs, he'll take Mike out for about a um, minute and a half of game time, and then he'll put him back in. Um, and maybe, maybe two minutes, at stretching it. But Mike generally gets back in four minutes left. And something else happened. Mike, Michael Green came in for Michael Porter Jr., and the Nuggets were making shots, and the Nuggets were, um, and, and J. Mike was, uh, like, grabbing rebounds. And the flow was just too good. Uh, I'm not a rapper, but it seems like, you know, if I was, I would say something like that about this Nuggets game. <laughs> the flow was too good. And after the game, we learned that Porter went to Malone, or we don't know, I don't know the exact circumstances of what happened um, going based on what Mike said and that Mike said let him rock referring to Jay, to uh, Jamichael Jamichael Green let him rock and that 
indicated that J. Mike was going to finish out the game. That was a tremendous amount of maturity and self-awareness and just general good teammateness, if that's a word, that I don't think uh, we expected from Mike. And that, I think, that single thing led to the Nuggets' ability to win this game. Uh, the Denver Nuggets um, were able to ride the lineup that was working to the end, even though Mike's starter, he's a future star, should have got in the game again. He said, let him rock. And if there's anything about this team that we could take away, right, anything at all, it is that phrase, let him rock. Porter deciding that Mike, that, that Jermichael Green and his kind of smooth uh, kind of running in with that lineup with Portland, against Portland, was indif- indicative of where this team is, both as, as teammates and as a philosophy. Let him rock, is what he said. Think about that for a second. Can you think of any star, and, you know, he's not quite there, but he's getting there, who would say, you know, just in a basic ego way, would say, yeah, no, you keep him out there. Most would say, I'm getting in there and I'm getting mine. And that was absolutely amazing, and it showed you where this team is. Let him rock, he said. Let him rock. And if we're going to take any phrase away from this entire experience of the Snuggets playoff, regardless of when it ends, because once again, this Nuggets team is at a deficit. They don't have Jamal. They don't have Will Barton. They don't have P.J. Dozier. They don't have all their guards. And they're going to, another, to another, uh, you know, play another team that's got it's guard heavy. Uh, not quite the same way as the uh, as the Blazers, but the Suns are, you know, got Devin Booker. They got, you know, Chris Paul. It's just Cameron Payne. You just, they got guards. And the Nuggets' deficiency is at the guard position. It's going to be, going to be hard. Let him rock, though. And I'm going to be hammering home this phrase for the rest of these playoffs. This Nuggets team is symbolized by that phrase, let him rock. And I think if I'm going to, if you look, I put that on a shirt, right? And I am the only uh, podcaster slash media member in Denver who has, doesn't have any sort of shirt memorabilia out there. But if I was to have that, I would put that on a fucking shirt. Let him rock. And what a perfect, perfect phrase to accompany this Nuggets team. Because down the stretch, big shot after big shot by Monte. Huge rebounds from Jermichael Green. Right? Uh, You've got Aaron Gordon hitting the biggest three of his life. To put the Nuggets up nine after the uh, after the Blazers had cut it to six, 
it, it was just a sight to behold. And this Nuggets team right now is a the embodiment of a team that plays for each other, which I think is overrated as long as I think goals are more important than playing for each other. Not to sound cynical, but there are, have been teams that have absolutely loathed each other and won multiple championships, right? There's not one formula to win a championship. However, this Nuggets team, it is specific to them how much they play together and how much they, uh, I don't know, like each other, you know? And that can only take you so far, but it seems like the Nuggets have taken it to another level. Let him rock, he said. And if I'm the Denver Nuggets and I am in charge of their social media, I go out and I say, put, let him rock on a shirt. Put it all over our social media. Because if there's anything that if you're going to be taking away from this, this Nuggets run in this season when they are extremely shorthanded, is that let him rock is all about team. And this Nuggets team, yeah, I think they're special. All right, thank you all for joining me on this special extra-long edition of a solo Mortcast. I'll be back soon, with probably with a guest. So uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.